So, I, you know, I am a Waco boy born and raised. I can't help but claim that identity. I went to Baylor, went did to Midway to High School. I did go to Baylor, <laughs> second Bears. And, and we won uh, the other night in, in football. We're 8-0, baby. Wow. Uh, we haven't played a good game yet, but we're 8-0, so I guess you take it. Uh, and so all this is to say, oh, I noticed Semantics. when I first saw you today, Kiefer, yes. you have Waco stamped on your hand. I and have. I got to know the story behind Waco on your hand. I have Waco stamped on my hand. Is it's that tattooed? It is not tattooed. Oh, sad life. Okay. No, I'm the one with the I'm not that tattooed. sad about it. A Waco referencing tattoo. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, uh, I, was at, I was in Waco last night okay. at a coffee shop. And their way, and it was for a concert. And the way of like identifying that you were indeed there for the concert, and, and I had paid and like shop. done, and not just to like be around the coffee shop was that they stamped your hand. And it doesn't say the name of the coffee shop for some reason. It says just Waco. Because Waco likes to claim Waco. You know, while I was in Waco, I was having a conversation with somebody about like Waco feels the way about itself as like Texas feels about itself. It really does. There's this sense of like, we're Waco. Like we're the, and then Texas also on a broader scale has that sense of like, we're Texas, like we're special. I lived in Waco for four years and I've never owned as many just like city oriented shirts as I have in Mm. my life than when I lived in Waco. And see what I'm loving right now is the experience of two people who have only experienced Waco in the Chip and Joanna Gaines era and, Listen, and did not experience it. right before that. I guess before up. that they had Dr. Right Pepper, though. It. They always had Dr. Pepper. We always had Dr. Pepper, but that was the extent of what we claimed. And, and, Waco and everyone did not... else called it the armpit. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that, that we were... Our identity was not 254 Waco-centric. It was not Austin, not Dallas. We were the place you passed through. It's funny. We were going I had a make shirt that said 254 on it. Oh, my oh gosh. yeah. Whoop. That would make uh, DFW like the shoulder, and then Austin's like the elbow. And then I guess Houston's the hand. Sorry, I like I was going that we were like going to continue to go. I like it. It works. Man. But so, yeah. So you were in Waco for what? I was in Waco for a concert, for no, specifically for Noah Gunderson, who is. I, I brought actually, him up on the podcast before. I, yeah, I have. He was one. He was in the running for my. Uh, well, a song by him was in the running for my for the bonus tracks. The bonus tracks, yeah, episode. But I ended up going with the Wilco song. But Noah Gunderson is quite possibly like my number one songwriter, musical artist thing right now. And so he was in Dallas and Waco and doing the Texas thing this weekend. And we decided to go down to Waco to see him instead of seeing him in boring old Dallas. We had a day trip out of it. It was fun. Well, I feel you like... have good taste. I'm glad. <laughs> I will I will say, Melissa, advised that I went to Dallas. I might have advised going to Dallas for the concert. But it was but specifically because... You can both I have good taste. I love Waco. Oh, <laughs> She's fired. It's it was fine. specifically because, though, she was like, ugh, it's at Common Grounds. And as like a venue, it has They're historically not, not been great. They're not my favorite concert venue. Yeah. But what I will say out of like, so, all right, when I, I haven't listened to as much Noah Gunderson as you've listened to, mm. but I do find the experience of listening to his music meditative. And I feel like another thing that you can do meditatively in Waco, Texas, is select what coffee shop you're going to go to. Mm. So, <laughs> like, I used to have this. Once again, a comment of somebody who's only known Waco in the Chip and Joanna Gaines <laughs> era. That's so uh, funny. Growing Ballad. up in Waco, your coffee shop choices were Shipley's Donuts or Jack and Jill Donuts. That's funny. Common Grounds Very similar. It 
It got there in high school. Okay. It's kind of similar so. to Cleburne. Like before, Mug on the Square just opened, and right. everyone's Is like, Mug on we the Square going to be the now. like first coffee shop of many? First of many, I would hope. But. So like, I used to like ask students who were like coming to the Wesley for the first time or wanted to know more. Like I'd oftentimes take them to coffee, and I'd be like, well, do you want coffee or tea? Because there were also tea places in Waco. Mm. And if they said coffee, I'd say, okay, do you actually like coffee or do you just like the idea of coffee? If they just like the idea of coffee. <laughs> Which I feel like is most of them. Yes. That's like most people. Especially like, the I like freshmen. the idea of being in a coffee shop. Yes. So a lot of times we ended up at Common Grounds. And I love the atmosphere. I love like so many good conversations have happened there. But if they really liked coffee, coffee. We went to Pinewood, which is mm. also owned by Common Grounds, right. um, and or we went to Dichotomy. Mm. So mm. you had your selection of coffee, just like today on the podcast, you can select a few <laughs> verses. Of scripture. And yeah. of scripture. Yeah. And let it, something jump out to you. Yeah. Yeah. One of the beauties of different coffee options is different things jump. That's right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. That might have been one of the cheesiest, like, get get into into it it moments that we've ever had. And I am sad to say that it was me. I I was about to say, as the guy who had to write my Instagram bio last week and include Uh the fact that I am the old man on the podcast, (laughs) that I am the teller of stories and dad jokes, I want to claim that the cheesiest intro so far has not been mine. We need that on the record. We need to put on it on the, the board we put, and, and make sure that it is officially present there. Okay. Because I may tell terrible stories. I may make terrible jokes. But I did not force that <laughs> you in did the not way force that you that. forced that. No. Uh, I was just going to add a, an interesting piece of commentary that uh-huh. uh, the people who now own Common Grounds with the high school with April and I. Um, I love the owners of Common Grounds, and they have been so responsible with what they've done, which has allowed mm-hmm. for so many cool, unique things to happen in the Chip and Joanna era. In the of Chip and Waco. JoJo era, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, now, I'm, I'm, I say all of that. Not, not to to put down the Chip and Joanna Gaines era. I mean, I, it, it really has been good for Waco. Yeah. And it, it is Waco's oh, yeah. way cooler and a way better experience <laughs> to go back to now than it ever was when <laughs> I lived there. Um, but it but it is it's a whole different era. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get me started on housing prices, I, I can go down that route at some point too because I praised houses in many of the neighborhoods <laughs> that, that they have flipped houses in long before they ever existed uh-huh. and. The whole first season of the show was me screaming at the TV, you're never getting that money back. Joke was on me. Uh-huh. They knew Chip and Joanna have doing. a whole different market That's than right. everybody else. So it may be a $50,000 house that you put one hundred and fifty into, but because it's got the fixer-upper stamp, it's now worth two hundred. That's right. Um, now, Lord. the house next to it is still worth fifty. so good luck. Um, <laughs> but you can get your money back. Uh, all that to say, today we are actually continuing this How to Read and Encounter Holy Scripture right. uh, series. You are the queen of the cheesiest intro. That was the hardest pivot we've ever had. <laughs> um, so Put it on this, the board. Put it on the board. Uh, we got podcasting oh down 35 episodes in. That's right. Um, this is episode 35. That Man, we've made it so far. I know. 
Y'all have made it slightly farther than me. Just slightly. We'll always And we will probably. forever make it slightly yeah. farther. I mean, we'll Gosh. always have that. So will we have to celebrate At some point, like I get to fire people, right? Like, I get yeah. to say, like, <laughs> you're no longer us. Keeper's going to get power hungry. Oh, no. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have Daniel and I in the podcast celebration of 100 episodes, and then we'll have Kiefer's celebration of 100. <laughs> like, like 10 episodes later. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I think I came on at, like... 13 or something like right okay. at the very beginning so we'll have to just keep it that. Would, would be a very seven thing to do to have celebrations within 12 episodes of uh-huh. each other i've thought about just passively aggressively like deleting michael's set at the beginning oh, and just be like no. i don't i don't know what happened i to don't them. know what <laughs> renumbering everything <laughs> i'm kidding michael um, i won't do that Speaking of reading scripture, sometimes we we need to read scripture to have our hearts convicted. Um, <laughs> That's right. And so, so we continue in this series. We do continue of in this series to read your Bible, and, and we're going to introduce a new practice, or what was likely a new practice for many of us. I know mm-hmm. for me, at one point, was a new practice, and me, um, called and me Lectio today. Divina. Yeah, <laughs> new uh, to me, and, which is actually a very ancient form of practice. It is, and. The like literal, the nerdy kind of translation of Lectio Divina is illumined scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of being able to see by the words that are written on the page or Divina being God. So writings yeah. of God. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a prayerful, meditative mm-hmm. encounter uh, with the Holy Scripture. And, and we'll get to experience that here in a little bit. But um, Kiefer, you mentioned that today is your first big encounter with Lectio Divina. Yeah, it's one of those words that I feel like I've heard, like, for my whole... I grew up in the church. I feel like I've heard Lectio Divina before, and I'm realizing, like, literally right now that I have no idea really what it is. So this is this is new for me. Well, very good. I hope I'm not doing a disservice to you, because I, the first time I ever encountered Lectio <laughs> Divina, a disservice was done to me. Uh, oh. It was first semester of seminary. We were oh, taking spiritual formation as a class. And you probably should. There's problems with spiritual formation as a class, huh. um, yeah. because part of our task was to encounter all these different spiritually forming practices, and and, and some of which we'll hit today, and some that we're going to hit the Ignatian method here in two weeks, and yep. and I know that one. And all of all of them were good and powerful, but but the way they made sure we actually did the work we were supposed to do was we had to write four to five pages every week on our experience of the newly assigned spiritual practice so that we could I prove loved your that head had, motion there like that completely was... like removes all mysticism and like all because uh-huh. literally like literally the brain function of that like processing everything through the language uh-huh. center is like how you demystify like how you completely leave like just the experience of it and now it's all academic and on paper sorry can, can you cut that 30 seconds of audio and send it to perkins school of the Arts? <laughs> um, hi i'm 22 here's, here's my, here's here's my completely my uneducated thoughts on the brain and, <laughs> and spirituality Be, because I, I could i mean it has been over the last more than a decade and a half of my life an, an informative mm-hmm. informative practice but the first experience of it I could not connect to it because I was always thinking about how am I going to describe this experience to something? I couldn't get out of my own head. Uh, And and so I went through the motions, but I didn't really experience Lectio. So my hope is for you today that by sticking a microphone in front of your face, um, (laughs) as we encounter this and experience, we, we talk about it today and we encounter and experience it next week that we're not 
also doing to you the same disservice that was done to me. Hmm. Um, but the good news for you is you actually have a live microphone that you can tell me that I'm doing it, and, and we <laughs> yeah. will all collectively learn from it. <laughs> yeah. So, Kiefer, I think your incredible role that you have and offer to us in this conversation is the ability to ask good questions of us, oh boy. especially when Daniel mm. and I like start, you know, just rambling as we do and uh, maybe don't actually answer what is it that we're doing. So I think our hope is this week to kind of just lay out some different ways of what it means, kind of how you engage with it um, and kind of have some conversations around what that has looked like for us. And yeah. then next week we'll experience it together. Very like good. And, and as we get started and kind of laying out the foundation of what it is, yeah. uh, you mentioned and you gave us the Latin, the Lectio Divina, mm-hmm. right? And, and unpack that a little bit for us. When, when asked to translate that into Texan. Yes. Um, <laughs> Lectio <laughs> Divina. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that's what I sound like when I say Lectio Divina. But um, I, I like to think of it as, as sort of praying the scriptures mm-hmm. and encountering um, with a, with an openness. Yeah. Um, and, and so that the light bulb might go off. Yeah. I think there's this, like, for me, Lectio Divina, if I think of like a scripture story that helps capture what's happening and that praying with the scriptures is um, when Jacob is wrestling with God. Mm. That in that, um, in the reading that you're actually inviting in this wrestling process where you're going to let the scripture grapple with you to grab hold of you and to potentially not let you go for Mm. days to come after you've even closed the Bible and finished the sit down reading of it. And I think there's such a power when we allow the scriptures to impact us in such a deep way like that. Well, and it, it, in Lectio, it is as if the scripture is reading us as we are reading the scripture. Yes, absolutely. And, and that, for me, has caused it to stick mm-hmm. in ways that if I just... And, 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 and again, I know we several weeks ago said the, the first way to to start reading is to actually open your Bible and read. Um, <laughs> the Nike. Revolutionary. The, the Nike, just, just do it. Just uh, do it. But, and, and, <clears throat> but for me, when I allow it to read me as I read it... It, it grips my soul in a different way than if I just pull my phone out, open the Bible app, and check off the list mm-hmm. whatever my designated reading was yeah. for right. that day in the reading plan. That Which I'm is doing. my first way that I did scripture was sure. Like, oh, here's the daily Bible verse from the Bible app. <laughs> that was my, that was my. Uh, and it's something, right? Yeah, it we was always something. have to start with something, and I think you know that works. But I think the beauty of like, you know, you. Even the way you stated that, you started there, Mm -hmm. right? And the beauty of this kind of thing is that you tend to hunger for more. If you're just reading a verse, like Mm -hmm. you might hunger for a little bit more. And maybe Lectio is the next thing. And maybe if you've done a while with Lectio, maybe you start to hunger for more of the narrative. And you start to read bigger chunks together, trying to not let it uh, story be interrupted by inconsequential chapter markers. so I feel like the next thing that people are probably wondering hmm. is what do you actually do with Lectio? Yeah, I, I was that is going, the we, next thing. We, we probably <laughs> need to, to lay out what is the process? Currently how, how wondering walk, that. Walk uh-huh. through it. So I've encountered it. Like the beauty of like ancient scriptural practices is that there's more than one way to mm. do it. Yep. And it's just about finding 
which way works for you. So Daniel, I wonder what way have you encountered that you enjoy? So from a foundational level, Lectio, or at least the, the, the ways in which it has gripped me, it begins with an out loud reading mm-hmm. of a text, whether it's yeah. a psalm or a, a narrative piece of scripture from the Gospels. Uh, I know next week we're going to do a section from the Gospel mm-hmm. of Mark. Um, reading it aloud because it engages our mind and our soul in a different way than if we just read it with our eyes. Yeah. It's a it's a multi-sensory experience. And, hmm. and, and so we read it once aloud. And, and it's always a short, for me, it's always been a shorter piece of text. You don't want to get too many words right. yeah, in you, that. You, okay. you don't want to read a six or seven minute segment, no. right? You're talking 60 to 90 seconds. Um, kind of like a six verse kind of cap. Give yeah. or take. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, I always, and, and this is where practice varies, right? Yes. But I always read it aloud first and let it sit for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, often um, if I'm leading it or if somebody else is leading it, there's a, there's a guiding question yeah. that, that you sit with before you read it aloud again. Sometimes mm-hmm. that question is, you know, you talk about illuminating mm-hmm. the scriptures. It is simply what lights up. Yeah. When you hear it in your ear or in your oh, eye, okay. yeah. right? What what is illuminated, right? Um, sometimes it's as simple as a word. Sometimes it's a phrase. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it, it's sort of that idea uh, between the lines. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know if, if it's a little short, if it's a more narrative story oriented thing. Sometimes it's the arc of the movement that happens mm-hmm. in that. But it's it's what jumps off the page, right? Um, and as you hear it again, you wrestle with what is jumping off the page and into your ears, yeah. right? And then you go, you can go through a series of questions. Right. I mean, usually, you could just stop there. Yeah. It could be that simple. When I've practiced it, I've typically done it in three rounds. And those occasionally four rounds sometimes, but like in each time comes with an out loud reading of the same piece of scripture. Yeah. So the first time might be what gets illumined. Um, the second time, this has been the one that I've ended up kind of sticking with when I lead or when I do Lectio Divina in my own life, the second round after it's read, and I typically sit with it for about a minute, um, sometimes it's at a time or sometimes I just let myself sit there. Um, and the second time for me is often what emotion is coming to the surface. That's really difficult for me. Mm -hmm. That's the, I don't know. That's hard for me. I don't know. I, I'm so, always like, what do I think about that? Theolo- like, what is my theological right. takeaway? Right, and it, it goes back to that multi-sensory, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and that's for me, because I, I tend to, to over-analytically process as well. Mm-hmm. That's why I have to, it's almost as if my first out loud reading clears that part. Like, I get to, before I even mm-hmm. officially ask mm-hmm. the questions, I get to analytically analyze it that first time. Yeah, And then oh, I okay. ask the question that kind of resets what is going to jump off the page, and then we hear it again. And then it's, it's, I'm three rounds deep in the reading and sitting and reading and sitting before we get the, how do you feel right now? Hmm. Right. And, and sometimes that's a more foundational, uh, a different way of getting at the same spirit you're getting at, but not always what emotion is coming to the surface, but sometimes we have a harder time naming that than what am I feeling in this moment? I feel that whenever I feel, uh-huh, uh, <laughs> I have experienced most times when I do Lectio Divina, it is that question of emotion or feeling that 
I feel like the word I articulate next to it doesn't always make sense. Like it's not Mm. always actually an emotion, but I always say that doesn't matter. What matters is if it's communicating something to your soul, Mm. that deeper level of something. So I think one time, and don't ask me what the passage was. Don't ask me. What was the passage? That was was my first question. (laughs) I thought I was supposed to be the question master. You are supposed to be the question master. (laughs) Now Um, tell me which questions I can and can't ask. I don't like this. uh, But the emotion that I was feeling was crackling. I remember that was my answer to it, and Mm. it made complete sense to me. And nobody else. And that But that's all like, that it mattered. Yeah. That was what mattered. Well, and, and I think to that point, remember, uh, as we were talking just a few minutes ago, my first experience of this, the only thing I was wrestling with was how am I going to take this experience and communicate it to somebody else? Yeah. 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 That's not your goal. That's not your purpose. This is for you and for your connection to God. It's for your soul. It, and so if you're feeling crackling, even if I'm going, I don't know what the heck you're talking about <laughs> right now. That doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't make a hill of beans worth of difference. It's whether between. anybody else can fully understand what's going on in your soul as you encounter this. Yeah. Is does it make sense to you? And is it formative and, and, and fruitful for you? Mm. Are you wrestling with God in it? Yeah. 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 So there's typically one more right. round. Do you have a question? Okay, so hold on. So structurally, okay. this yes. is like there's it's you read it out loud. Uh-huh. And, and then for Daniel, you sit with it. For you, you're trying to find the emotion for me round so it's read the few verses is out loud one. is round one. round one and then you sit well, there's yeah, there's a reading and a question yeah That's, so you get that partnered. is round. yeah sorry okay. okay so you would so typically what i say is i'll read it out loud and then at the conclusion of reading it i'll say this you know to myself or to the group i'm leading i'll say now sit with god and ask yourself what word or phrase is coming to you? And that's where, you know, Daniel and I talked about, it doesn't even have to be strictly a word or a phrase, but where is God speaking to you in it in a very shortened form? So then you sit in silence for a minute, let's say. Um, And then you do round two, where you read it out loud again. And the second question that I tend to go to is that emotion question, the feeling or emotion Mm. that's coming to the surface. Mm. And then... I typically practice it with one more round. Sort of the, what are you going to do with okay. it? Okay. So right? round three. Yes. Round three is what action is this going to spark? Oh, in okay. me? Right. Um, yeah. And, and to your analytical point a little bit earlier, this is where mm-hmm. our practice slightly differs. Yeah. I have an extra reading at the front end. Mm-hmm. So I have a reading and a sitting for 30 seconds to a minute without any specific question to form it. And then I jump I like into that. the reading and ask the question because it helps me click off that hyper analytical theologically analytical i think that actually in the long run would help in like so like i know i'm jumping ahead again i i know uh, ignatian a little bit better but it's like that helps in the long run of being able to later reapproach the same story because sometimes especially the way like when you grow up in the church like i did like you get these stories and you get like and this is what they mean <laughs> like is the yeah, is the yeah. is the thing and i remember the first time uh like it was just like maybe 2 years ago like maybe that recently when i reencountered like the story of jonah and realized there was a fourth chapter yeah. and like realized yeah. that yeah. like all these other things about it that i was just like well wait hold on there's like 15 million other like things i can get out of this other than what i thought yeah like i had already gotten it. and and like last week when we did the mat the uh, Mark, Mark reading, Mark, yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Wait, hold on, politics." But, like, what's going on? You <laughs> what's know, that, happening here? That whole so I feel like the reading it and then like 
intentionally just like sitting with it and just learning the story like yeah just as a story yeah. and then like and then choosing to reapproach and kind of being really intentional about what's coming up right now like paves the way for later to reapproach it and get something new out of it cuz because we always talk about the bible being like a living document Absolutely. and yeah. you know the god being a living god and so that would be yeah. probably a better way rather than like and this was what i was supposed to get out of this and now i never have to look at this story again because and i already know paper perkins right yeah. <laughs> well and, and i think often we we get stuck in as you named that sort of the kids bible you know we, yeah. we yes. my my girls are four and eight right and, and we've got kids bibles out the wazoo because what do you get the preacher's kid but a kid is bible. your favorite one um, the desmond tutu one it's pretty good it's, it's pretty good the spark one's pretty good too okay um I had a we've got a couple one. that are trash but that's okay um <laughs> and but that's and and to be fair i have a couple adult bibles that are trash <laughs> sorry <laughs> um but when, when I read those stories to my kids, I, I think sometimes in an effort to distill it to where a four-year-old can grip it and understand it, we, we whitewash things a little bit, right? Or mm-hmm. we, we take out the nuance, we take out the gray, we take yeah. out the, the messiness of it. Because you know, the end of Jonah that you talk about, right? yeah. chapter four is the messy part yeah. where, you know. We, Jonah's we, upset that the people were forgiven. Yeah, they they did what God asked him to do, and God was kind to them, and that made him mad because he wanted them smited. Yeah, right. Yep. And then um, he does the whole turn to the camera, th- or yeah, is it yeah. Set, he yeah. Breaks the fourth. The way wall. I heard it talked about, it was literally like there's sort of an SNL like turning to the camera, uh-huh. and it's like, oh crap, I'm Jonah. Yep. It was supposed to be like kind yes. of one of the takeaways. It's great. Oh, love that book. And then that that's missing from the kids' Bible. Yeah, because it was like they didn't know what to do with it. They were like. I don't know how to well, <laughs> explain and, and, this to a you kid. You know, one of the joys of parenthood is that I'm reminded <clears throat> that developmentally, people who are four and eight are in very different places, and people wow. who are eight and twelve are in very different places. And I mean, you kind of we can think of as grown adults who have been wrestling with this stuff and thinking about this stuff for a long time that that of course you read it this way. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I could sit here and bemoan the fact that kids' Bibles dumb everything down, but really, what they're trying to do is not dumb it down, but make it accessible. Mm-hmm. But part of reclaiming it in our adulthood and, mm-hmm. and, and engaging this in our own That's walk. That's the with, important piece. Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. to say, how do we re-encounter this and make it accessible for us today? Yeah, and I think for a lot of people that reapproaching things is kind of scary, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, because mm. it's like the, yeah. like you reapproach something that you haven't thought about in like, by no fault of your own, I was just like, you know, after third grade Sunday school, like you just kind of talk about, you know, you start ta- at some point you start talking about Paul and that's about like all you keep talking about is like you learn the stories and then, you know, you get your sermons every week. And um, a lot of people to reapproach something and get something different out of it means, wait, I didn't have all the answers the first time. And that's like, oh, oh man. And that reapproaching it too, like it's a, so I had movies growing up that my parents would like play to kind of in it they would joke that like they knew how much melissa knew of the world by how much more i understood of the movie okay so okay. like a christmas story was one of the grand ones that's a great and, one yeah and in the year that i understood the bowling ball moment was the moment that i had understood all the, the whole the, the, the whole world the jokes i understood the world no not really Fragile. but anyways so like but I, Shrek I also, is another one that's that way. Yeah, you, Shrek. Like, is oh another, my gosh, yes. my mom. I was. I would think I was a full grown person because I had seen those as a kid. Uh-huh. Like I was thinking I was a fully grown person. Should have got the jokes. Like, but because I saw it like as a kid, like I just did never cross my uh-huh. mind. And my mom had to be like, 
like that just explain some of the like <laughs> jokes and the humor to me that I won't like even go to do right now. I was, I was just like, like oh my gosh. I think sometimes we do. That's actually the perfect example of what I think we do sometimes, especially those of us who grew up in the church. Um, and I, I mean this in a very beautiful way that we grew up in the church, but sometimes in adulthood we need another adult to say, okay, can can we actually read the story? That's here, mm. not the kids version, not the version you remember from Sunday school as a child. But when we're cognitively adults and yeah. able to handle the grays and the messy and the everything that Christ engaged in, then let's handle it. Let's go to it. Yeah. And so I actually, mm. you know, back to Lectio specifically and kind of the third round that we briefly touched of that it's the kind of concrete thing of what do you do with this? One of the best things that I ever had added to that by someone, I wish I could credit them right now, but I don't remember who it was. Mm. It was either Elaine Heath or Bob Holloway. Mm. They're both good people. Um, But they said, um, when you come to the concrete, that like, what do you do with this? Mm. They said, don't make it vague. Don't make it this like big, grandiose, how am I going to be? Yeah, but instead make it something very specific and very concrete. And they put a timeline on it. They said like, try and keep a timeline of two weeks on it. Of like, what is the concrete thing God is asking me to do within Mm. the next two weeks as a result of this reading of scripture? Wow. Hmm. And it, it changed Lectio. I feel called out. <laughs> I feel like attacked right now. <laughs> right, because how many times can we have grand plans for sure. what our Christianity, oh, all, what our discipleship day. will look like? But what does it look like when we actually just start doing very small and intentional things? They eventually add up. Well, and, and one of the hardest things in life is to, for, for many people anyway, and some people are particularly gifted at it, and God bless them. We need the more of them. But how do you take a big long-term aspiration or goal mm-hmm. and break it into to things that you can actually tangibly do today yeah. or tomorrow or in the next 15 minutes yeah. um, that will ultimately build toward transforming the world. Absolutely. Um, or yeah. the accomplishment, whatever your big aspirational piece is. So I'd like to add in like one bonus thing about Lectio Divina as a how to read your Bible. If you're someone who's been looking for a way to journal um if that's yeah. a, if that's a spiritual practice you've been longing to incorporate but you kind of asked your question of like where do i even begin on that lectio divina is one of the easiest ways to help you start a journaling practice mm-hmm. because in it you can so when i've done lectio oftentimes i will point people to the psalms or to proverbs because you can easily just take a short little chunk and approach it tackle it, set it down for the day. But in your journaling, you can just write down your word. You know, if you're doing, if you're kind of doing the three, you can write down the date, what scripture passage you read, what word, what emotion, um, what concrete action. And then sometimes when I've journaled with like Dio in the past, um, it hasn't been a recent practice of mine, but sometimes I'll write out a prayer 
at the end Mm -hmm. of that. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just have those few things, shut the journal and go about my day. Mm -hmm. Um, But so you're welcome. A bonus additional way to engage (laughs) in spiritual practices. Yes. I don't need another journal. (laughs) Melissa and I both have journals with specific purposes and we have like 20 of them. So I don't have 20 of them anymore, but I have a few years on. I don't have 20, but I have. I have three. You only have three? Yeah. Oh, I have more than three. <laughs> I don't I don't know what my number is, but three's not. Daniel it. is like, I don't understand this. Um I mean I have multiple things that could be used for journaling. Um mm-hmm. and, and they each have about three pages in filled in each one. Okay. The and, reason and I have different multiple spaces of my life. It's like the reason I have multiple of those because I know that if I use one, something completely different is going to be on every page organization is going to be just a nightmare trying to find like I, I go back through my journals like often so it's like me trying to find something that I wrote if it's not in a specific journal like about a specific thing you is like I will never find it and yeah so that's that's why I do that it's actually one of the last things I have to do before I go to Ireland is go buy a journal for Ireland <laughs> gotta be prepared don't uh, oh. you know no hard feelings y'all I'm going on vacation to Ireland, if y'all don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we don't need to hear it. Just be here um, editing the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. It'll be good. Um, so we we hope and pray that, that the uh, description of this is helpful. Know that if you want to practice this before we are back next week mm-hmm. to practice this, the, the joy of our interconnected internet world is yep. that with a quick Google or a quick YouTube, you can... Have you can be guided in, in yeah. Lectio Divina here pretty quick, um, but know that we do hope that you will join us again next week as we mm-hmm. work our way through uh, again, staying in the Gospel of Mark, uh, because we hope and believe that uh, in the shared reading of that text we are encountering God a little more fully and, and also, you know, re-engaging with Scripture again mm-hmm. um, and, and learning and experiencing together. How do we encounter this? Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And I have liked going to school about Bible things the last five weeks. And I'm glad that uh, I've, I've had some conversations with some people at our church um, that, that have had kind of the same experience the last couple weeks. And it's been really, really fun. And so I just want to say thank you to you listeners for joining us and, and uh, in this conversation every week that we get to do this. It's a real pleasure to just get to talk to people about what we're talking about and so uh the best way that you can bring more people into this conversation is to again leave a review on apple podcasts or on soundcloud wherever we are or wherever you are listening um and that is just a good way to bring more people in and have more and more conversations and get this thing spreading absolutely and now that we have gathered together i'm going to issue you an invitation to grow and it's an invitation to put into practice that final step in the lectio divina ask yourself Having been a part of this conversation today, what small, tangible thing are you going to do to change the world, to encounter God in Scripture, to accomplish whatever big objective you have in your life today? What small thing will you do so that you can take your step this day? And now go. Receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go about your week. May you go knowing that the God that wrestled with Jacob is waiting to wrestle with you. May you go knowing 
that Christ who lived and breathed in these narratives lives and breathes in you. And may you go knowing that the Holy Spirit is the one who brings fresh life, new airs, new experiences, and the bravery to approach old stories that contain new truths. May you go in peace this week. Amen. 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 Amen.